This week, we, um, we're completing what's usually a com- combination reading. This year, they're broken up. Um, so last week, we had Bahar, so we're on the mountain. Well, guess what? We're still on the mountain receiving. Today we're going to talk about Bukotai, which means in my statutes, or in my laws, or in my ways, or in my commands. So, I have a question though. Are we promised wealth if we walk in God's ways? Very good. Depends on how you define wealth. What a a person believes about their faith can actually have a major effect on how they live their lives. There's a popular teaching that I'm going to address today, sometimes referred to as prosperity theology, sometimes called the prosperity gospel. In essence, it's something referred to before called the name it and claim it theology or ideology. This prosperity theology teaches that that a person's wealth is limited only by their lack of faith. It actually began back in about the 1950s and it started being highlighted again in the 80s and 90s and even into today through what was called the word of faith movement and also what was called the charismatic movement. So again, Bahukotai means in my statutes. What does it mean to walk in God's ways? And how does that relate to the prosperity theology or the prosperity gospel? What we tend to overlook a lot of times is how this particular parasha begins. It doesn't start with Bechukotai. It starts with Im Bechukotai. Im, meaning simply, if. And it, I know all of you have probably heard this before, but if is the biggest word in the English language that carries a lot of weight. If is defined by Merriam-Webster as in the event that, allowing that, on assumption that, I like this fourth one most, on condition that. So what we're reading here, im b'chukotai. The Lord is putting conditions on how we walk in his statutes. In order to receive the blessing, he's telling the Israelites that they have to follow certain conditions. He establishes these conditions, and they're expected to follow them. He wants to pour out his blessings upon his people. But they 
needed to follow after him and keep his commandments. Steve mentioned that, you know, we do all these things, everything's going well. When we don't do these things, they can still go well as long as you turn around. He gives you a chance to turn around and do the right thing. Some of the blessings we read about in Bukukotai. The first one is the blessing of rain. He said, if you walk in my statutes, keep my mitzvot and carry them out, verses 4 and 5 say, then I will give you rains in their season. The land will yield its crops, and the trees of the field will yield their fruit. Your threshing will last until grape gathering. The grape gathering will last until sowing time. And you will eat la sova to the full, or till you're satisfied and live securely in your land. This is actually very foundational for their provision and their sustenance. You see, giving rain in the appropriate time prepares the land to be able to bring forth harvest from the land. You plant, have no rain, you're not going to have crops. So the rain is very crucial. That's why I believe it was listed first. And the rains that come at the appropriate time of the seasons becomes very crucial in, and, and becomes the basis of a healthy and flourishing ecosystem to be able to produce crops. And it provides all the food and satisfies the needs of the nation. Now, there are some locations in the land of Israel that actually have sun most of the year. Some years have been actually recorded as many as 363 days that they have sunshine. So if you combine all that sun with sufficient rain, it creates what's been called a perfect storm for agriculture. So then they would eat their food to the fill or until they are satisfied. Then there came the blessing of peace. If you walk in my statutes, keep my mitzvot and carry them out. Verses 6 through 9 says, I will bring shalom in the land, and you will lie down with no one making you afraid. I will remove dangerous beasts from the land, and no sword will pass through your land. You will chase your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will chase 100, and 100 will chase 10,000. And your enemies will fall by the sword before you. I will turn toward you, make you fruitful, and multiply you. And I will confirm my covenant with you. So God promised peace in the land. Well, for a time, the Israelites did experience peace when they came into the land. We don't see that too much today. Various reasons for that. The enemies around her, her actions, you name it. And he promised that he would remove harmful beasts and he would also cause their enemies to be in fear of them. We've got a long way to go today because their enemies are no longer fearful of them. 
It goes to saying, goes without saying actually, that a land that is at peace is more apt to prosper. But only if you walk in my ways and keep my mitzvot and carry them out. Then he blessed, he actually promised them a blessing of abundance. If you walk in my statutes, keep my mitzvot and carry them out. Verse 5, again, your threshing will last until grape gathering. Grape gathering will last until the sowing time. You will eat your bread, again, lesova, to the full or till you're satisfied, and live securely on your land. And then verse 10 says, you will eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. So there was this abundance that God promised. He promised that it would be so bountiful that they would have to clear out the old crops in order to make room for the new crops. But you know you don't want to mix the old with the new, so you have to clear them out and make room. The blessing of abundance not only provided for plenty of food, but it also provided for an income because of the abundance of crops. This is still true today. In 1999 alone, the total exports from Israel was $25 billion, which included vegetables, cotton, beef, poultry, dairy products, citrus, and other fruits. Then, I think the, I think the most important part was he promised his presence That's beyond the food, the water, the peace, and the safety. If you walk in my statutes, keep my mitzvot and carry them out. Verses 11 and 12 say, I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul will not abhor you. I will walk among you and will be your God, and you will be my people. I don't know who could ask for any more than that. God's presence with them. I know we as believers were coming up to Shavuot in just eight more days and we know that was Pentecost. That's when the Ruach was poured out on the believers. And we know that as long as we have the Ruach in us, with us, he is walking among us. So that's still a promise for us today. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He is with us. He's walking through it with us. But guess what? We have an obligation to walk in his ways for us to receive the blessings. So after everything that we just read, we've only done 12 verses, actually less than that. So the prosperity theology, the prosperity gospel, it's even been called the health and wealth theology. We who believe in Yeshua and walk in faith and in all of God's promises, we're already walking in this prosperity. The prosperity theology even goes to the extent of saying that if you have faith, 
You will become wealthy. And you will be free from illness. But what does God's word say? What does he have to say about his blessings? Do his blessings come from naming it and claiming it? I think I, sh- I did share with you times in past that one of the ministries that Batya and I grew up in, in our faith was a, a word of faith type of a ministry. And we had some evangelists that went as far as to pull out a key and say, I want you to go down to the hardware store and get yourself a blank key for the type of car you want. You want a Cadillac? Ask them for a blank Cadillac key. You want a new house? Ask them for a blank house key. And then lift that key up to the Lord. Pray to the Lord that you, and you'll receive that car. You'll receive that house. Well, you know, we were young believers at the time, and we were caught up in that. But guess what? Somehow that didn't work. And what's interesting, when you're thinking back on it, even the evangelists that would come in and would say that, we really didn't see them driving new cars. We didn't see them with brand new homes. It even went to, they went to the extent of saying, if you owe on your electric bill and they're ready to shut off your electricity, go down to the electric department company, lay hands on the building, and claim that your bill is paid in full. It's amazing how we saw and heard people talk about their electricity being shut off. Their gas being shut off. But they went and they laid hands on the building and claimed that it was paid. The word of God says this. And let me ask you this first. Does it say that we can do that? Does it say that we can claim whatever we want and we're going to get it? Does it say even if we're walking in his ways... Can we claim the things that we want? Are we really guaranteed that we will receive an abundant wealth if we walk in his statutes, keep his mitzvot, and carry them out? See, we need to properly apply God's word, his promises, and not a foreign, man-made understanding of what it is to be a follower of God's word. When God promised blessing and abundance in our Torah portion, the blessing was never about abundant wealth, but about full satisfaction. Like we read in verse 5, you will eat your bread, and the word used is la sova, which means to the fullest, and to be satisfied, then you will live securely in your land. The entire passage says this, which literally means you will eat your food or your bread to satisfaction. Think about it. If he's promising abundant wealth, you're going to have a bunch of people that are overeaters and they're going to be miserable because they ate too much. No, it says to satisfaction. The Hebrew word for full or satisfaction is sova, which does mean full, satisfied, content. So simply put, 
This word, sova, shows us the true meaning of the whole subject of blessings and curses. If the children of Israel, if the children of Israel, if the children of Israel walk in God's ways, they would receive blessings that God promises, and they would be fully satisfied in everything they would ever need. It wasn't about extreme wealth, but satisfaction. The fullness of God's provision. The opposite of this is what we read in verse 26. When I break your staff of bread, ten women will bake your bread in one oven, and they will bring back your bread by weight so that you will eat but not be satisfied. Balachem velo tisba'u. You will eat and not be satisfied. The same word used for satisfied from verse 5 and again in verse 26. But one says you will not be satisfied. No matter how much you eat, no matter how much you reap, you're not going to be satisfied because you didn't follow the first word. If you walk in my statutes. So there's complete satisfaction for walking in God's ways and lack of satisfaction for choosing not to walk in his ways. And it is a choice. Each and every one of us has a choice. We don't have to walk in his way. You don't walk in his ways, you're not going to receive the blessings. Simple. question is this. Who is your master? Yeshua warned his followers about chasing after wealth. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stick by one and look down on the other. You cannot serve God and money. So it's simple. We can't expect to please God if we spend our times seeking after wealth. We need to seek satisfaction. We need to seek to be full. If he provides the extra, hallelujah. But if he doesn't, but you're full, you're satisfied, you've been given what he promised. Now, after he warned about the dangers of pursuing wealth, he also addresses the subject of the blessing of God. He taught them about the blessing for walking according to God's way. Yeshua told the people not to worry about the thing things of the world, but to keep God's statutes and allow him to provide for their needs according to his ability, not our own. Continuing in verse 31 of Matthew 6, he said, Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the pagans eagerly pursue all these things. Yet your Father in heaven knows that you need all these But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So food, water, shelter, clothing are the basic needs in life. Just like God promised to provide all of these necessities, in abundance to the children of Israel. Yeshua promised those 
who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous ways will also have those same necessities. But there is a true prosperity gospel, a true prosperity theology. It's what God promised us in Behukotai. And the rest of the Torah, as a matter of fact, the life that he wants from us is a life that's completely dedicated to him, giving him the praise and glory in everything that we do. He knows our needs. And guess what? He will abundantly bless us if we just trust in him. The whole idea of needs and wants. I've mentioned this before, and it, it's always a funny one. Batya and I reflect back when our uh, youngest nephew, or our, actually our oldest nephew, was much younger, and he would always ask his parents for something. And sometimes it was something like simple as ice cream. And maybe he asks for the ice cream before he's eaten a meal. And they would say, no, you can't have any ice cream right now. His response was always this, but I need it. See, sometimes it's our own perspective. (laughs) No, you don't need it. You just want it. But you're wanting it at the wrong time. When you really need it, you will get it. But but we still talk about that today. We just saw him a few weeks ago at his sister's graduation, and we threw that out to him. He didn't even remember saying that when he was younger. But, you know, those kind of things you kind of grow out of, and you tend not to want to remember certain things. Of course, leave it up to Uncle John to remind him of what he used to say. But that's what it is. A lot of times we want a lot of things. But if it's something we need, because if we need it and we're following God's ways, we're walking in his statutes, guess what? He's going to provide what we need. What we want, maybe, maybe not. That's up to him. So he does know our needs, and he will bless us if we just trust him. Now, the Haftarah portion this week is also a reminder of the prosperity that God has promised. In Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8, Blessed is the one who trusts in Adonai, whose confidence is in Adonai. For he will be like a tree planted by the waters, spreading out its roots by a stream. It has no fear when heat comes, but its leaves will be green. What does not, it does not worry in a year of drought, nor depart, from yielding fruit. And in verse 14, he says, Heal me, Adonai, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are my praise. The blessing, provision, and healing of the Lord will be upon the person who trusts in him. Think about that picture of the tree. The tree's roots seek out the water. But think back at our Torah portion. If the rain isn't given in its season, the tree is going to be reaching for water that's not there. 
So the opposite will take a place here. It will have fear when heat comes. Its leaves will not be green. And it will worry in a year of drought. And it will depart from yielding fruit. The rain is promised to the land if the people walk in his ways. Again, that very small word, if. It's conditional. It's conditioned, it's, it's conditioned is on the, what the people do with everything following. But praise be to God, once again, as Steve mentioned, you don't do it, you don't get the blessing, but he gives you a chance to turn around and come back to him, do what he said, and the blessings will come. That's his promise. So the whole idea of prosperity theology, the prosperity gospel, it actually focuses on the end and not the means. How do we get there? But that's not what prosperity theology will teach. It teaches you can get there just by declaring it. If you want to try it, go buy a key. Don't come crying to me when you don't get that car or you don't get that house. See, they're putting themselves in place of God. They try to force God to bless them. God doesn't work that way. He's a God of love. You don't come after him with force because he's not going to come after you with force. He lovingly draws you. You should lovingly seek him. So prosperity theology, prosperity gospel, word of faith, whatever you want to call it, all the terms that are used for the past, what, 65, 70 years, is a backwards and perverted theology. It is. There's nothing true about it. It does not agree with what God said. See, our responsibility is simple. Walk in God's commands. Put our trust in him, not ourselves. It's not about seeking a better job. It's not about seeking after any kind of wealth on your own. Seek him first and let him bring the blessings. We need to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and he will provide everything we need. Not want what we need. You might think you need it. He knows if you need it or not. And he will bless you with it. And then we will become fully solva, satisfied with his provisions. Quite simple. Im bechukotai. If you walk in my statutes. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we thank you and we bless you because you have given these promises to your people, those who love you. Now we want to be right before you. We want to be pleasing to you. Everything that we need, we know, is in your hands to give us. It's in your power. 
But you want us to look to you and not ourselves. Not look to television evangel- televangelists. We don't need all of that, Lord. We just need you. Help us to remember that concept. To walk in your ways, in your statutes, to do your will. And then we'll just trust you to provide everything we need. If it's your will to provide it in abundance and overly so, we receive it, Lord. But as long as you provide our daily needs, we're grateful, we're thankful. We praise you because we can count on you. We can't count on anyone else, Lord. Because flesh and blood can fail us. But you, as long as we walk in your ways and we follow the leading of your Ruach, your Holy Spirit, you will not lead us astray and you will not leave us needing Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. In Yeshua's name.